All right, here we are again with another episode of the Rich Life Projects. And uh, today, a very special guest and a special friend of mine, who uh, basically I call the Mayor of Mayor of Perth, Soa Halati. How are you, my friend? Yeah, good, good, filthy. Um, mate, question, why do they call you filthy? This is sorry to start this off, but uh, mate, everyone calls you filthy every time we walk, walk, walk well, past. You know, How did it start? Well, I'm being known in the parties to be a bit filthy, <laughs> but um, no, it was it was tied to of us that started it oh, in New okay. Zealand. I was just sitting there because I was with Ross Pearson at one of the uh, fight events over there, and yeah. then all of a sudden, out of the blue, walking up the stairs oh, of geez. the reset of the lobby, and all you hear is filthy. Yeah. And I looked up, and he's tied to of us coming up, and and ever since that day, yeah. It stuck with me. Hey, shit. So now I just, everyone walks past me and says, filthy. <laughs> so that's what I'm known as oh, pretty okay. much. So, so now, that, now, that, now that puts that, uh, that, that yeah, to Yeah, well, tie to us. He yeah. comes up with everyone's name, doesn't he? Yeah, but thanks, hey, thanks for having me on. Mate, Rich. mate, absolute pleasure. What's been happening in the life of So Are The Hulk? Oh, geez, everything. Um, you know, uh, you know, apart from doing the modelling. Um, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no um, just, you know, from obviously – um, from the fighting um, and to uh, doing other things that uh, that I love, I guess the the mental health side of it, but also the movie side of it as well. So keeping busy with with that, um, a few other uh, business uh, opportunities that I've got involved in. So I guess you know making sure that um, there was an exit strategy out of the UFC. So a lot of fighters don't really have a, a an exit strategy, um, whether they're being cut or whether they retire or they've been forced to retire. Um, due to inju- injury, um, and a lot of them don't have anything you, to go to. So you made you made your plans, yeah, and, and yeah, doing, you have obviously to. doing doing great at it as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, very very busy. So let's go, let's go back to where it all began, back in the day when Sol was just a little tacker running around. What was life like growing up? Obviously Tongan Tongan uh, heritage yeah. heritage. Yeah. What, what was life like for the little little Hulk? I'll so say. I uh, I grew up in Newcastle, New South Wales, but uh, Mum Dad sent me over to Tonga as a kid. Kind of, uh, I guess it was good because I got to hang out with with a cousin. I guess I didn't know why they sent me over there, but uh, you know, because the only thing uh, if people that are listening and watching this, the only thing to do in Tonga is climb coconut trees, sip on coconuts, and sit by the beach. So um, that was good. Yeah. But apart from uh, you know hanging out with the cousins, you know, uh, and uh, plucking some weeds and. Uh, and, you know, it was a good experience for me, but uh, eventually kind of realising why my mum and dad sent me over there because they wanted me to learn the language, learn the history and just where they were from, which is which is good. Yep. Um, and then obviously being brought up in Newcastle, New South Wales is where I was born. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, Newcastle Knights fan. but which, uh, which, which, I was, which I was surprised. I was like when I was sort of going through and I've obviously known you for a long time, but the one thing I didn't know, you are born in Newcastle. I was like, yeah. You're born in Newcastle? Yeah, Mater Hospital. And so the Knights, they're, yeah. they're, they're your team, eh? Obviously, well, I would, wouldn't be saying that too loud at the moment. Well, it was the Canberra Raiders. Was when oh, were they? Yeah. Cause yeah. I, but uh, I was a massive Steve Mortimer fan, so uh, with the yeah. – uh, with the Bulldogs, but um, but yeah, Canberra Raiders was 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 my team. Yeah, okay. Growing up, but uh, yeah. Well, nothing. I don't think nothing's changed with the Knights, mate. They're still yeah. they're still struggling at the moment. So, oh, but I think hopefully the boys might have a bit of a kick in this year. But yeah. we'll, we'll definitely see. So when and when I you say you moved back to Tonga, uh, the mum and dad sent you back to Tonga. Is that what the plantation life? Is that yeah. what, what that what was meaning in the plantation life of Tonga, just to learn, as I say, learn the, yep. the background and your history and the language? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, you know, um, 
that that kind of stuff, but uh, also um, circumcised in in time. So I'm sure you're supposed to be talking about that on this podcast. Mate, but this, hey, it's a rich it's life a, project, mate. It's, it's about a, rich it's, life in any aspect. It's a uh, traditional manly thing, kind of uh, you know that uh, that we get put through. Is uh, it? But mate, I tell you what. The worst thing you could ever do to go back to to to, to Tonga or, or whether it's Samoa or something and get uh, circumcised as a kid there. Wow, so is that is that like a tradition? They don't even put you to sleep. Oh yeah. no way! No no, no uh, needle, no numbing, no nothing. Bangs, and then you. <laughs> How do they actually do it? I mean, the viewers are probably going, "Hang yeah. on, we're talking about Samoa's knobby. What's yeah, going on?" It's like, How, mate, it's oh, crazy. that is crazy, yeah. and it's is it part of a tradition? I don't know what the fucking it was, <laughs> but I'll tell you what. It, it, it fucking was, happened and that's it. it. It was the worst pain and then you sit and you're laying in bed for the next kind of three wow. or four days and then you go into the beach. And how, how old, every day. when they'd done that, how old were you? Because obviously these days in Australia, when you get circumcised, you, yeah. as, a, as a baby yeah, you don't absolutely. even know, yeah. oh, well, you probably know the pain. Yeah, but Absolutely. Um, I think uh, uh, I think we're at, Six or seven. Really? Yeah, so that's quite old. That's, wow. Yeah. That, so, yeah. so that's hopefully that's not like when they say, oh, we're sending our son back to plantation life. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what he meant. Well, I think it was like just, mate, just go and do it. So it was like, wow. okay, you're lining up with everyone else and then you get it done and then I thought there's no needles, there's no nothing, to, you know. Maybe put you to sleep. Put, put put it on the yeah. the, the the wooden block. Yeah, so <laughs> knife like, bang out. <laughs> anyway, this is going to be a funny kind of. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we'll get that's yeah. that's just the growing up part. So yeah. we'll get that map. So the you got sent away. Is that where you went to your uncles? Yeah. So so then I spent uh, spent time growing up with uh, with my cousins and uh, and uh, mum and mum and dad. Yeah, left me over there with. Okay, the so you had a bit of a abuse or a bit of beatings when you were a yeah. young fella. Yeah, and that probably yeah. puts you in the stead of the the violence come the the fighting. Yeah. Um, you know what, what was that process like mentally and and physically? Obviously, you're going to the uncles and then obviously getting the yeah. the the abuse or the beatings. Yeah, it's, it's next level. I mean, I think it's whether it's a traditional tradition thing where it's like. You know, I think every every islander kid that grows up gets a bit of a beating, um, yep. but it's not one of those beatings that you get. Uh, you know, nowadays you you can't even smack your, your kid on on, on a bottom with a spoon. I know that lady got charged and went to because she smacked her kid with a with a wooden spoon. But um, but like it's next level. So Time, times have changed. Yeah, eh? times have changed. But uh, I I think it's made me the, the person I am today. Yep. You know, uh, um, you know, and I think I got into the fighting and because uh, I've done. Whole lot of other other sports, but it's made me get into the, the to the fighting because of uh, the mental health struggles that I was going through. So was the sort of what you went through as a kid, uh, like the the beatings or the the abuse, sort of to go into the fighting stage, or you just enjoyed the martial arts side of it? Um, I think the when I talk about mental health problems, I think basketball. I, I did basketball at a high level, so. Um, and then I did um, and went to, to the rugby. So I was contracted with Bristol over in England. So okay. I was on loan to a, um, to a place called, uh, to a team called in Bridgewater. Yep. So I lived in Bridgewater and, and used to kind of, um, you know, um, hop in a car and drive up to Bristol. Bob Dwyer was the coach at that time. Yeah. So he was an ex-Wallaby coach. Yep. Um, so that, that was only lasted for a season, but I think – what I didn't get from basketball or, or rugby wasn't uh, a fulfillment that I that, that I, I got that helped me go through what I was going through, and I think the fighting did. 
So the fighting kind of saved my life in a way of uh, when I talk about mental problems because it got a lot of frustrations out on what I was going through. It's a it's a big thing, and from an outsider's point of view, you don't they don't understand the spirit of martial arts when you get into the martial arts, do they? They just mm. when you get into the martial arts, whether it's boxing, you know, jujitsu, judo, whatever. It's it's that community and that spirit. It's a whole different level of being in one yeah. way. Yeah, and that's and it's it's so good when kids do it as at a younger age, where they learn taekwondo, learn how to box, learn karate, learn you know all these kind of martial arts because not only does it help them uh, confidence wise, but also you know discipline as well. So yeah. as they grow up, it and it's not it's, there are some negative things behind people going off oh, fighting, you know, but. To be at that level um, and to to learn the art of fighting um, is is it's a, such a special thing, and yeah. uh, especially when I was in Japan, kind of watching, you know, the respect and that, that they give when they very you know, yeah very disciplined in Japan, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're like yeah. it's sort of like the karate Chinese, Japanese. They're like the karate meccas, aren't they? they yeah. That's where it all sort of started from and and come out. Yep. And so in the sport, you're still young. The story of, of Getting your tattoos. Your father took you when you're 15 and started yeah. the traditional Tongan uh, yeah. tattoos. Yeah, it was actually my, my my uncle. So my uncle took me to. Uh, um, I didn't really really expect it. He just took me down to the tattoo shop, and I was like, "Oh, I thought he was he was getting a tattoo." He goes, "No, you're getting a tattoo." The guy started drawing on my arm. I thought, "What the fuck?" Like, and then, <laughs> and, man, I thought to myself, "Geez, you normally prepare for that." And then uh, then the guy started doing the tattoo on my arm, and then. Then got the chest done and and that, but it's good. I mean, it's you know, simply it did hurt. Yeah, yeah but, I, uh, bet. I bet. There's no numbing cream or anything like that. And <laughs> that guy had numbing cream, and and I was looking at my uncle, and he goes, "Don't you touch that numbing cream?" Really? So, <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So, but uh, but yeah, it was good because a lot of the stuff that uh that I, it's always the one she symbolizes where I'm from, which is which is yeah. great. So yeah. Every sort of religion come spiritual thing for yeah. you in regards to that. So you get into the. MMA side of things in in life and very successful, like the regional scenes. I mean, I think even I see, I think I was at like the um, Lunar Park in Sydney one year. I think you were, Hector Lombard was fighting there. I think you were fighting uh, on it as well. And and you were quite a massive name, especially in Australia and and a bit overseas in the MMA world. Um, And obviously got some, Great sort of titles in regards to that. What was what was the sort of moments, you know, going forward? And you had a big name and a big following. What what was sort of the your end goals? Like when you first started out martial arts, and then you got in MMA. Obviously, yeah. then it started to get to the frontline media and the platforms huge after a while. Well, and because you were in the early parts of it too, like yeah. you, you know where the UFC was sort of big and then yep. uh, a lot of the things where the MMA in Australia was was getting bigger. Yep. What was, what was that like on that journey in regards to, you know, your thought process, your physical, how many, you know, gym-wise, were you based in Perth and fighting yeah. everywhere? Yeah, I was. I was – I so I had my first fight in 2001, so – and that was a, a, against a um, prison guard. Um, yeah, from, from <laughs> not Sydney. not in prison. No, you know, it wasn't in prison. But jeez, um, I forgot his name. But uh, that was my first fight, and yeah, it was right. a, it was a shock because it was in Sydney. So okay, um, fat, fat blaster was that? It was actually yeah, rap, rap, fat blaster. Was, oh, rapid, 
yeah, Fat Blaster was Is sponsoring it? me, sponsoring yeah, me at the yeah. time. So Peter Nicholas, so he he come on board. He ended up being my manager. Oh, did he? And then uh, it all started with. Uh, oh wow! I wanted my name to be Soa instead of the Hulk, the the, the, the Island Warrior, or the Tongan Torpedo, or some of like that. And then Peter was like, "No, nah, no, nah, it's got to be the Hulk." And I was like, "No, nah, geez, what about the Tongan Torpedo?" And he goes, "No, it's the Hulk." <laughs> the Tongan so um, <laughs> so that kind of stuck with me. So yeah, up, you know, Soa the Hulk ended up being, but. Uh, um, from that, I, I learned a, a lot from, from that first fight. I yep. won that fight, but I learned a lot. Yep. Um, but also, and then I started training. I, I started traveling around the world. I started, I went over to, um, I was over in Brazil. I trained over Brazil and, and went into the Abu Dhabi uh, championships, went in, and, uh, Went over and trained with uh, BJ Penn. Oh, this yeah. is at a time when the UFC or nothing wasn't even that big. Yeah, okay, so, still uh, growing. Still a lot of, of controversy around UFC, and, and as it was growing. Yep. So, um, yeah, spent some time over with uh, with with BJ Penn. That, that would have been an amazing <clears throat> experience because I've, yeah. I've personally know BJ Penn from Chicago, and and yeah. uh, oh, he he is a great dude. That oh, dude. Yeah. Right, yeah. So that would have been, especially he was a big name. Yeah. Back then too, yeah, yeah. So that would have been a bit of a buzz going. Yeah, wow, the, yeah. now I'm training with oh, him, mate. and it's like it's crazy. It was just crazy. And it was just a helos where that where I was staying, yeah. And that's that's the that's the main island in Hawaii. But uh, um, and then from there we were over in Las Vegas, um, training over there, Las Vegas uh, at uh, at the Royal Center um, yep. at uh, in El Segundo. Yeah, um, and that was all the like the best. The best were there, like Frank Trigg. You had. Um, uh, Chipparelli was there. They had like all the all the all the guys were literally. That was the main gym where everyone was. Yeah. And then they dispersed. You know, Tiro Ortiz went to you know hunting. You know, the yeah, hunting you know, the beach. Beach, and then yep. everyone went to every. You know, dispersed everywhere. But everyone kind of started at that raw center. Yeah, right. So, um, and that was good. I mean, they kicked us out during the day because they had they were um, filming a, a porn movie. During the day, so and then at night, morning and night time we trained. So yeah, really. Um, but I really wanted to stay there during the day. Yeah, hundred anyway, percent. <laughs> yeah, no, but it was good. It was a good journey. So yeah, yeah. my life, and obviously I kept I kept fighting, and, yep. and uh, I had a chance to either go to Pride and UFC. So um, and then I picked Pride. Yeah. So okay. and then at that time, Habby Heskey from Fight Club. So he 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 said, look, let's. No, pride was the biggest thing then, back then. So, yeah. you know, you got a packed house, Satama Arena, you know, 30, 30 40,000 people, just crazy, crazy crowd. Crazy crowd so I end up signing with pride. Yeah. So, um, but that, yeah. That would, have, that would have been a crazy time too to sign with pride when that, when it was, pride was that big. Oh. And I think Mark, Mark was, yeah. Mark Hunt was uh, yeah. in at, the, at that time. Yeah. And you've done, done a lot of uh, training and obviously knowing yeah. Mark over the years and some of the camps you've done, you know, the Thailand, the Vegas, the all sorts of things. What, what What's some of those experience like with the, uh, the, One uh, of the big the, man goats, the lead, the lead horse, mate. Mark's kind of set everything up for all of us, like myself and Ty, and you got Carlos coming through, Junior, you know, um, Justin, all the all the Polynesian um, fighters that are coming through now. That's you know, Mark's kind of started it, and at that time I was in that you know era with with Mark. You know, coming through the ranks, he was obviously kickboxing, yeah. And I was a massive fan of Mark, especially when he fought Ray Sefu and, oh, did, yeah. and he won the wow. he won the K one. I was like, man, this guy's legit. But then I started training with him. I couldn't understand how the fuck this guy would be smashing and knocking people out and still eating KFC as Mate. part of his diet and corned beef. <laughs> I'm like, and then I was like, Mark, man, like, it, like he'll weigh in, and then this there's, there's corned beef and there's KFC there. So obviously he. 
throughout the years, he, he learned some things and then yep. he changed his habits and bought in good habits, but still you kind of revert to, to the, uh, the old habits. And I mean, I'm a big fan of KFC, but, uh, <laughs> not, uh, but it's one of those things that as a Polynesian, that's what you love, right? Yeah. So, uh, but it's good. It's good to be kind of spent. I spent a lot of time with Mark, especially in, in Thailand when he was preparing in Thailand because I was there and then Ty came over and then yep. Mark seen us over there. Then he come over and then the rest of the crew came over. So it was yeah. good to kind of hang out with the team and look at them now. They're, you know, they're killing right. it in the MMA scene. They, they got a rule from Mark down to Ty, down to Junior, Justin. Uh, it's just, it is a little community of, yeah. of Islanders. Yeah. I mean, Hopefully, I've, I've a little white fella like me fits in there somewhere along yeah, the line. Yeah. But they've always been great friends to me. But yeah, it's, it is. It's it's like the lead horse with Mark, and yeah. then all of them. Ty obviously yeah. was his training partner for a lot of years. So it just now it's stemming down. Yeah. And then you got the New Zealanders who obviously like Izzy and that said, you yeah. know, we looked at Mark Hunt. He was one of the leaders. Yeah. Uh, with a lot of other New Zealanders. So. Yeah, when when people sort of look at Mark Hunt, he is he is one of the, in my opinion, he's one of the goats yeah. because he's done absolutely everything, yeah, everything. fought yeah, everyone, and he's led the way yeah. in in a lot of things and a yeah. lot of ways. So having that experience training with him would have been mad. Oh yeah, and the thing is, he could probably still go, still go down to this day. He just had a fight probably a couple of months ago, three or four months ago against Sonny Bill. So, man, I think he's still got it in him, but. I yeah. think it's just for the, him. The, just, the mind could the mind could probably do it. The body, yeah. The body's yeah. when you get to because uh, I think I'm not. Quite, I think I beat him in age. I think I'm 50 this year, and I think he's 49, or he might be 52. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, trust me, he's his mind could fight another 10 yeah. fights. Yeah. But it's like anything with age, it just catches up with you, and yeah. the next minute you're like, yeah, the yeah. body's not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been. I mean, it's good. It's a good journey. I kind of think about things now and. And you know, I don't really watch the UFC apart from any of the boys are fighting. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it, and if Ty or Carlos or, or Justin or you know yeah. Junior that's fighting, I'll hop on and watch it. Um, but um, but apart from that, I kind of you know when it, when it, you just uh, yeah. I'm, I'm the same. I'm the same. Like I, I when it first started, and I was at Jackson's all the time. I used to love watching it. I was oh, watch it, watch watch it. But these days, with a lot of the different things that I've gone through in my life, I'm just like you know what? Yeah, you know if the boys are fighting, I'll I'll yeah. definitely watch yeah. it. But I'm just sort of off yeah. on another tangent, trying to be yeah. Tiger Woods at the yeah. golf course, and no. Well, I'll tell you what. But then, I, I, in 2007, I signed with the USC. Yeah, so that was good. I was training with Tamekala, so I was training at uh, Team Quest with Dan Henderson and uh, uh, and made the, the the crew that they had their training. I was going to say Dan Henderson, yeah. one one of the goats yeah. as well. So, yeah, so King Mo, like Mo Loyal, so he was like top top one, top two in the world of wrestling. Um, and he was a sparring partner for for Daniel Cormier. You had uh, Brian Stan. You had, you know, Soccer Joe. You had um, uh, Miller. So Mayhem Miller. You had uh, yeah. Um, Ted Liddell. So yeah, wow. you, you that's, that's that's some of the biggest names back in the day. Yeah, yeah. of, of the fight one, game of MMA. One center. So wow, and that was that was a that was a big eye opener. And where was that located? So that was at Temecula. So I lived at Temecula for a, for a bit. Where's Temecula? I said Temecula is halfway from LA and, and San, San, San Jose. Oh, it's okay, not, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's like in yeah. the middle. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But it's about, probably about a, an hour and a bit out of out of um, LA. So, oh, wow. Um, so that was eye opener. And obviously signed a three-fight deal with, with the UFC. Yep. Um, had their fight, first fight against uh, Eddie Sanchez at uh, Mandalay Bay. Yep. Probably their worst 
fight of my career, but <laughs> mate, it's the worst fight of anyone's fight. Yeah. I uh, when you talk about stage fright, I got stage fright. Really? You know, yeah. Um, I think the uh, prepared. I was ready to rock and roll and walked out. I can't even remember the fight. Really? You know, standing in the octagon and, and looking looking around, everything was like blurry. Yeah. Even when in in between the rounds, I don't know if you between the rounds. Yeah. I could see um, Ryan Parsons because he was in my corner yeah. talking to me and and Dan Henderson. I could see I could see him, but I just couldn't register what they were saying. Yeah, true. So and then and I could see him punching, and his punching was so slow that it was and and then I I just I could just see it and it was just hit me. I'm like. So wow, it, was, it's, it was it was the worst, and then I got cut after that first fight. Yeah, yeah, so, that's and I signed right. a three fight deal with the UFC. That's right, that's right. So uh, they said to me, "You are never coming back into the UFC." Really? Again. So that is it. Um, got that? Uh, they ripped out the contract. Down and then, the then because you had a few fights outside after that. Yeah. And then you got the call back to the UFC. Yeah. So I I think I put on a lot of weight. Come back. Come, I came back to Perth and. I was uh, remember kind of coming back to Perth. I, I sat on the couch playing Halo. What what was that mentally? Like obviously, because everyone goes, yeah, well, I want to get to that that biggest company. I want to get to the platform, and yep. and then you have a performance, as you say, not the best of your life, yep. and then obviously you get cut. What's what's that, what's that emotion? What's you know the the mindset on that? Depression. Yeah. Depression, anxiety. You're sitting in the hotel room the week before your fight, the fight. Everyone's going, "Hulk, you're going to win this. You're going to you're going to knock him out." And it, it, it was everything was like, "Yeah, awesome, high fives, everything." Is, is and, it sometimes that's a downfall, isn't it? Man, then you sit in the hotel room. I'm in my steak, looking around. Where, where the fuck is everyone? And I, th- I think reality sets in when you think to yourself, "Geez, when you're winning, you're winning. When you're losing, you're losing. No one wants to know when you're losing." Hundred so percent. That's that's what people don't understand yeah. in this sport. As soon as you win. Man, there's yep. you've got an extra twenty or thirty friends around you. Yeah. As soon as you lose, yep. It's it's the old cricket sound. Cricket, cricket, yeah. and you're like, oh, no one, yeah. no one really likes me anymore. So, and that's again when it gets back to mental mental health, that that's a big thing for a fighter. Yeah, yeah. I remember going uh, making my own way back to to the airport and and back to Temecula, grabbed my stuff, and then I came back. I just wanted to get home. Yeah. At that time, and then uh, I remember coming home and I just put on a lot of weight. I blew out to about a hundred and. 65 kilos. I yeah, did you? Yeah. So imagine this going, you're weighing in the UFC at one at 265, 120 kilos. Yeah. And then you're going um, out. Um, and then I just put, I just playing a game called Halo and it just depressed. I was eating junk food every hour. I was eating something yeah. KFC, McDonald's, cheesecake, more wow. KFC. KFC with potato and gravy, KFC with coleslaw, KFC. Mate, he knows Pepsi all Max. the recipes. <laughs> Mate, um, Wow. I, don't to, I don't want to promote KFC here, but uh, yeah, you know, but nine, you have, you done well. You know, but Tuesday's nine ninety five. Um, <laughs> uh, it's nine pieces of chicken, you know. So <laughs> he so knows it to a T. And what day it hey, is? Do you remember the uh, the all you can eat uh, KFC? Yeah, I used to shut it down down the road from my house. <laughs> I, used to, I used to walk in. So I get the fuck out of here, mate. You've eaten our chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. But it was, it was I found comfort in food. Like yeah, everyone yeah. does with yeah. depression, anxiety, what they go through on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Whether they might just sleep. Yeah. They might wake up like, geez, I can't get out of bed. I'm depressed. Yeah. But for me, I found comfort in food and food was helping me get through what I was going through. So, yeah. and uh, I remember nearly, I, I woke up one morning, I had a bit of pain in my chest. I thought, shit, I feel like I'm having a heart attack. Really? So I thought to myself, I need to, number one, make a decision on what I want to do. Number one, I don't want to die. Number yeah. two, I don't want to, um, you know, I need to, I, 
I want to do something. What, yes. am, I, what am I going to do? So I went to a gym called Southern CrossFit, knocked on the door, I said, guys, sold the Hulk here. I know it look, look like sold the bulk, but can I – can you help me get back, not not only get back into the UFC, this is my goal, but I yeah. also need to lose weight. I want to get healthy. And and uh, yeah. um, so they said, so give us 150% and then we'll give you, we'll get you to where you get to get to, but you've got to put the hard work in. Like you said yesterday, yeah. right? Yeah. We had a conversation. Yeah. The island, uh, this is not island The training. island of mentality. Yeah. Yeah. This is like, you yeah. need to get in there and you, you need to give me 100%. And I yeah. did. And I hustled every single day and it was more consistency every single day, yeah. just as little wins every a single one, day. A little 1% as each day. Day. That's that's what yeah. takes care of business in yeah. the end. Like people try and do the the hundred percent in one day. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go smash this session, and they stay in the gym for three hours, yeah, and they go, absolutely. and then they don't come back for a week because they're that busted. Yeah. Yeah. But the one percent is you just keep yeah, knocking it. it down, knocking it down, knocking it down. That's all. It's just it's just consistency. But I just had a hunger to get back in there, yep. and then I thought thought okay, is what what was my next move? is to get some fights, even though it wasn't in the UFC, but I want to get back into the UFC, yep. even though Dana White, they all said, no, you're, nev you're never, never coming, coming back, back again. into the UFC. Really? Yeah, so right. I had, I thought, okay, so I thought we need to get back into the scene. So I had one, two, three fights, three fights out of the UFC. Yep. I think that was with AFC and yes. a few other promotions that won in Sydney yep. as well. So then we contacted, um, uh, um, so I had one fight, then I then I fought Daniel Cormier. Oh, did you? Second one, second oh, fight. Oh, yeah, right. And um, and that wasn't in the UFC either. No, that wasn't in the UFC. That's right. That's so right. that was uh, in a promotion in um, in in Sydney. Yes, I remember King King Mo. So Mo loyal. So he's he rang me and he goes, Soa, don't fight Daniel Cormier. And I said, he goes, look, I'm not saying you you can't fight him. I'm just saying. Don't, don't fight him now because he's the training partner for Cain Velasquez. Oh, so, okay. bro, don't fight him. It's not a good idea to fight him now. And I'm and I'm like, shut up, man. Like, I'm I'm good. I've got <laughs> I know the, what I'm doing. I got this shit. I fought Daniel Cormier. Right. I remember shaping up to him, and I thought, fuck, he's short. And I thought, okay, I've got I got this guy. Mate, when he fucking single-legged me, I flew up in the air and all I remember, my head was looking down. I'm thinking, I have never had a guy I've ever fought or even wrestled that's flipped me upside down and dropped me on, on the fucking, like he did to Alexander. Yeah. And dropped me on my fucking head. And wow. I thought, oh, shit, this guy means business. Um, and then from there on, I had to scramble. Yeah. Um, and that, but uh, it was a learning curve and I should have listened. And, I, and my mate rang me after <laughs> and he goes, so I told you. I told you so. Because these, mate, that's his main sparring partner is uh, Kane. Is, is Kane. So, and wow. Kane is literally oh, he, gas tank. As a beast. And Daniel had gas tank as well. And yeah. he wasn't even 100% fit. Really? So he was like, he was like, because he, he, I remember him saying to one of the guys, oh, shit, it's five rounder. He goes, okay, all right, I should be all right. I, I didn't realise he actually come to Australia yeah. to fight. Yeah. So they, they, that's how much I love. And after that, we went there. back to the drawing board and I said, okay, we need to rebuild again. So yep. we went nine fights after that. Did you? Yeah, okay. Nine fights. Um, and uh, and I remember after the third fight of the coming back, because you, you've got to win. To get back into your seat, you ought to keep winning. Right? That's right. That's but right. Then you go, then you, you know, the silver and, hey, listen, yep. you know, um, the matchmaker. But after the three fights, I contacted um, Ryan, Ryan uh, Parsons. I said, Ryan, I'm coming back. I had three fights, three knockouts. What are your thoughts? And he goes, hmm. No, so then I thought, okay, so well, fuck it, I'll just go again. So six fights, yeah, and we contacted the UFC and said, hey, listen, six fights, and then everyone was pestering Dana White. Yeah. I remember that because I was going to fight, I was going to sign with one FC. That's right, to yeah. fight um, Tim Silva or Andre Olovsky. That's so, right, yes. Um, so then I was going to, I was, and they wanted me to sign a three fight deal. But then the problem with that is, if they were to sign a three fight deal, they can delay me, like fight, have a fight. 
next fight will probably be in a year. I don't have a year to wait for another fight. Mm. So I didn't sign. I said, I'll sign that one fight and yeah. we'll, we're good. Didn't, 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 didn't sign. That fell through. And then we had the six fights and they USC said, look, we're watching you, but uh, our roster's full. And then I had nine fights. After nine fights, the last one was against um, um, McCorkle. Oh, Sean, yeah. Yeah, Sean yeah. McCorkle. So yep. he fought in the UFC and, and beat him, knocked him out. And then um, – Where was it? Was that in Brisbane? No, that was in Melbourne. Okay. Yeah. What yeah. was the – because were you on the Mark Hunt undercard, Bigfoot and Mark yeah, Hunt yeah. in Brisbane? So I fought Pat Barry. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So I that was a big knockout, that, that one. That, yeah. How was that crowd that day? Because we yeah, I was in the nuts. crowd. Yeah, they, they went nuts. They went nuts. Yeah. And that's um, – but – I was, think you went nuts too. I think you were uh, – probably all the emotion and everything got – Yeah. Especially with that crowd roaring like it was. Oh, man. And when Ma that Mark Hunt and Bigfoot fight, still was, to this day, even though – uh, Bigfoot got done for juice and afterwards and Mark had broke his hand in one second or third round and just went to the elbows. Yeah. That was for a crowd of 13, I think 13 or 14,000 to be standing on their chairs, every single one of them, yeah. and singing out, like just the yeah, chants yeah. in that in that arena up there was I, unbelievable. I remember watching it from backstage and I could hear Lolo saying to Mark, he says, Mark, all you need is – there's three things, heart, heart, and heart. Yep. And then it's like, and Mark had. Mark's, he he had plenty yeah, of that. You would have to kill Mark, oh. right, to actually, you have to bring in a baseball bat or run him over with a truck Mate. to actually get, because he was not laying down for anything. No. And, he, and he doesn't. And, he, and you've yeah. seen in that fight, if people go back and watch that fight, Bigfoot and him. Yeah. When he, when he you could see when he broke his hand because he didn't obviously continue throwing the right hand. He yeah. did at some stages, but he just went to elbows and then the elbows yeah. were connecting. Yeah. So it was like a blood fest. Yeah. Both of them just standing toe to toe, not yeah. moving. One's throwing punches, one's throwing an elbow. Yeah. And then just covered in red. Yeah. I think oh. Mark had white, white tinted hair yeah. for that fight. Yeah. It was all pink and yeah. white, uh, pink and red. Yeah. I, um, but that, that fight was just insane. Yeah. I think I, I prepared. I actually was training with Mark in New Zealand for for that fight for yeah. the fight against Pat Barry, and um, man, like that, that's not, a memory you get to keep forever. I'm not but, uh, saying anything, man, on this podcast. But where I was staying was at Steve Oliver's place, and mate, there was dog hair everywhere on the bed. I don't know what <laughs> the fuck was in the sheets. I was like, and there was no toilet, so I had to walk outside and, and go to the toilet outside. I was like, wow. Steve, what kind of fucking place is this? Mate, this is, that's yeah. probably the, the, the school of hard knocks. Mate, there was a school of hard knocks, and then Mark would come in and we'll, we'll train. But I'm smart. A lot of people, when they spar Mark, yeah. you got to, and then as soon as Mark sits, as soon as he plants his feet, Brother. you got to fucking move. Nice. And then, or as soon as they plant his feet, Bang, I'm on him. I, I'm like fucking, yeah. I grab him yeah. and try to wrestle him and take it down because like, but guys are just like plot along and they plant, like even when in, uh, in I remember in, in AKA yeah. and these Russians, were, were all of a sudden they they'll just like banging Mark, like right hand, left. And then Mark was like, oh, okay, okay. As soon as he planted feet, boom, uppercut, drop. Boom, yeah. And I'm like, man, these guys don't, don't understand. You've got to, you got to like. Mate, when, he, when, he, when we got the opportunity to train him for the boxing, the gallon fight. Yeah. And my brother, very good at looking at and seeing things. Yeah. And he was like, after taking Mark through some pads and then he's like, one, Mark knows obviously how to sit on a punch. Yeah. He's got a very good eye yeah. and very good timing. So oh, yeah. And yeah. When, he, when we took him for sparring and all that, yeah, he's just 
man, he's just he's it's like yeah. a, a different animal when he's training. Yeah, when yeah. you got him switched on and he's just mindset strong, yeah. it's like wow. Yeah. No wonder he's in as I, as I've said so many times in my eyes yeah. that dude is not only lead horse but one of the the greatest of all yeah. times in combat yeah. sport Smart. to me. Yeah. So the career MMA career, I think uh, you accumulated like twenty seven fights. Yeah. Twenty two wins. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 18 KOs, oh, yeah. just goes on and on. What was – once you got to the stage and you obviously you retired in 2015. Yep. Post once, – once that you knew that that's the career over with, what, were, what was your – what was the exit plan from there? Because I remember, I remember um, seeing you with, you know, doing a lot of, lot of mental health, a lot of yep. kids' programs like I think you had – MMA or the Hulk juniors or something yeah, you were yeah. doing. What what was exiting the fight game when you knew now I'm done? Yeah. What what was the next steps? I, I was doing uh, mental health talks and I obviously released a book called Face Your Fears. And um, I guess by releasing the book, I talk about my 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 life as as a, as a fighter, but also my life growing up as a kid. And I think um, by writing the book, not only did it help me with with talking about things because I struggled with talking. Um, it, I also understood that it's helping someone else when they do read the book, um, and something that might give it might give them to kind of um, oh geez, Sol has done that, but you know, it's what the the, the journey that Sol has gone journey, through. Yeah, definitely. About it has empowered me to talk about my story as well. Yeah. So, and I think that's so important that we share stories because I think stories kind of saves lives. Whether I whether people hear my story and it empowers them to share their story. So whether they share it at home, whether they share it with friends, you know, whether they share it at work. You know, just kind of sharing stories because stories relate to people. Exactly. Whether it's depression, whether it's anxiety or whatever they've gone through in life, the hardship they've gone through, people understand it and they think, wow, some of that story relates to me. So, yes, And I think um, me being on that journey and me kind of talking about Then I started doing tours, obviously, around, um, you know, schools and yep. stuff like that. I remember sitting down with you and you gave me a, a program on what you do. That's right. So I took little bits out of that and thought, yeah. geez, this could work. Yeah. You know, so with the stuff that I do, I was doing. So I just started doing stuff on mining, yep. um, in the mining, and, and, and hooked up with now that uh, a place, um, a company called Strong Mines, Strong Mines, as in Strong Mine, as in Strong Mines, as in the mining. Yeah. And we do mining, um, uh, mental health programs throughout mining, but also we do strong minds, strong schools. So we roll, roll out programs for our schools because I think it's so important that if we can educate kids at a younger age, um, not only educating but helping them understand more about mental health by the time they get into the big big world, they understand and know the signs of, um, of reaching out, know the signs of someone's reaching out to them, they're struggling and educating them more. Um, it'll be much better, yep. better world because you talk to people up on site. You talk to people in general; they don't even know, like nah. you know. So um, it is okay to kind of sp to, yeah. to reach out and have. But, that and that's been like the men's a man's mentality for years yep. because of generational uh, yeah. situations. But you know, when you get to men talking about their, they think it's weak if they talk. Oh, you know, I was yeah, yeah. crying. I was feeling down. I was depressed. Yeah. They men. I think it's get. I think it. The tide's changing. I think a lot of men mm. and the next generation that yeah. comes through, and I'll put, you know, like the the Harry Garside and, you know, he's he's changing a lot of people's opinion yeah. of he does what he wants, yeah. what he feels comfortable doing. But men as well to try and talk about their issues yeah. and they don't and you don't understand how good it is when you do get to actually get it off your chest. Yeah. And even if you're seeking someone you you've known or you're seeking professional help. Yeah. 
it's such a big thing to talk about the issues. Yeah. So then you've got that to go, okay, well, now I feel better. Like yeah, but you know what, Rich? I'll tell you, let me tell you something, right? And this is goes for anyone that's listening and, and, and watching this. We all assume things in life. So I'm assuming if I was to reach out to you, I'm assuming that, that if I said something to you, I'm assuming, oh, geez, Rich might turn around and say, mate, toughen up. So you, you're the Hulk. You're one of the modern-day gladiators, gladiators who hop in the octagon for a living. Mate, you'd be right. But that's me assuming. But in reality, if I was to reach out to you, you'd probably say, sit down, so let's have a chat. Oh, geez, I didn't know you were going through that, but we're going to get you help and I'm going to be there for you. 100%. But that's in reality. Yes. So a lot of people need to stop assuming things of what other people would say. Um, and, that's go- and that's that stigma that surrounds mental health on being scared of, of reaching out. Yeah. And that was me. I would win fights. I'd be in the, in the octagon, win fights. Come backstage, the boys would be going, Hulk, yes, we won. High five. You know, um, Mike, uh, Mike Swig would be going, Hulk, give me a high five. Awesome. I'll be sitting in the toilet and crying. Yeah. Why? It's because I couldn't reach out. I couldn't say, hey, coach, I'm struggling today. Because yeah. I was assuming my, what my coach would say. Yeah. And that's so, but in reality, my coach would say, you're not training it. You're not training until we get you your mind right. Yeah, so, right. and that's why I was, I was, I was in that toilet crying because of the, because of situations like that. But also, let me tell you this, right? In the UFC, that helped me. Why? Is because when I was in the octagon, the person that hurt me as a kid, I used to pace up and down. I used to envision in my head that that person is the person that hurt me as a kid. So you've probably seen this is why I'm the Hulk and I start I, – yeah. I, I see red when yeah. I'm on top. I just – nothing could stop me when I'm on when I'm on fire. The fights that I've lost, my head wasn't there. So yeah. I wake up that morning, geez, I'm like mentally not there. If, if I'm switched on and I'm ready to go, I'll, I'll, I'll tear anyone apart. Yeah. But the fact is I used the UFC like everyone used, uses some sort of what they do in life through depression, anxiety, and what, what, they, what they're going through on the coping mechanisms that they use. For me, it was the UFC. But I understood that I understood that one day if I didn't get help, that I used the UFC, even though it was a Band-Aid over something that, that I was using, eventually one day something was going to happen, and it did, and yeah. it did. I I uh, got to a stage where, where I, I did attempt suicide. Yeah, yeah. So it was probably the worst and saddest day of my life, and uh, and I'm not a coward for no. thinking about suicide. No one is. No. no one's a coward for thinking about suicide. No. But it was the pain that I was going through in my, in my, my heart, yeah. and it's the pain that everyone goes through that that is watching, watching me, if they can relate to this or what they go through. And the only option for me was to take my own life. Yeah. And I remember kind of waking up that morning. I was planning suicide. So, That's um, crazy. And I was planning it in my head. So I had it all planned out. Yep. And I remember going and seeing mum and dad. And, and I see mum walked in and said, mum, dad, how you going? I said, son, it's good to see you. And I hugged. Yep. And I hugged mum and dad. So I just want to tell you, I love you. And I said, love you too, son. Yep. And so, hey, be careful and, you know, come see us later on. And uh, But they didn't know that was my goodbye no, no. to mum and dad. And I remember kind of going to Bunnings and I, and I, and I bought a rope. Yeah. And, um, and I had everything set out, had a spot, and then I tied a rope around the beam, stood on the thing, and I was in tears. I about to send my, my daughters a text message. Wow. Not to tell them what I was about to do, but just tell them that um, I'm sorry for, for letting him down and yep. and that, and that and, uh, I was about to take my own life and my oldest daughter saved my life. Really? And if it wasn't for that reply text message for my oldest daughter that uh, that that I read, I thought, because I was within 10 seconds, I was, yeah. that's the reply back. Because I don't know if you got kids and you, you yeah. text them an hour later than I text you yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Right? So within 10 seconds, my oldest daughter replied back with a text message because I was, I was ready to throw the, the phone on the, on the ground. Oh, and that reply text message was, I love you too, Dad. Can you take me to a party tonight? 
Oh, and, wow. And, um, and that kind of switched. I understand. If she just said, I love you too, I, was, I thought I still would have taken my life. Yeah. But because it was something simple that, you know, can you take me to a party tonight? A lot of their growing up, I was never there for them, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, because of the fighting, I had to go away, do camps. Travels, I was away for three months yep, in a year, yep. six months. So I never got to kind of see them growing up. But yep. for me, it was putting food on the table and sending them kids to the best school, whatever yep, it is. Yep. And I think it one of those things that when I came back from camp, I overheard my daughter talking on the phone to a friend. That hurt my heart a bit when she was saying, dad doesn't get, you know, come to anything I do. She yeah. never knew that I heard that conversation. Yeah, okay. So it kind of hurt me in the heart. From yep. then on, things just kind of built up. Yeah. And then, uh, and that that day I, I remember was probably the, the, one of the saddest days when I woke up, and that's why I called the book "Face Your Fears" because yeah. I wake up. Some days I wake up, I either face my fears yeah. like everyone else does, yeah. or they wake up and they th and they th ready to attack the day. And that day, I woke up and I was facing my fears, and yeah. I was like, and everything wow. was just kind of all, all into one. Scrambled and then I was, uh, yeah, wow. And then from then on, when she sent me that text message, and I thought to myself, you know what? If I was to take my life today, is if anyone that is watching this was to take their life today, in five to 10 years' time, whether it's less or more, you know what? My kids are going to go, you know what? Dad didn't give a shit, never come to anything I did at school. He was always away doing his fight stuff. He took his life. I'm going to take my life. Yeah. If she has kids, her kids are going to go, you know what? Mum's dad gave up on his life. He took his life. You know what? Mum gave up on, on her life, left us to fend for ourselves. You know what? She took her life. I'm going to take my life. So it ends up becoming a ripple effect. Yeah. Wow. So the best thing I've ever done was it was from that stage. I got off that chair and went and seen somebody professional. Yeah. Not because um, I, I just I wanted to get better, but also in order for me to be here for my friends, my family, my loved ones, my kids, I needed to get help. Yeah. To be around for them. Yeah. And uh, and it's the best thing ever. You wow. Know, having that's... having having that because it really showed me that. Um, Oh, and I had to do it for myself. Yeah, but obviously, yeah of course. But, uh, it's it's one of those. It's so powerful that, uh, and I do tell my story because I I tell it because people understand it and they might relate to that story. Exactly. And that's so. Uh, and there's other ways. Other ways. You know. And I thought no one loved me. No one gave a shit a shit about me. But there are people out there. Your loved ones. Your friends. Because we we assume things. That's we right. Don't assume things. That's and right. We reach out and have a conversation. Someone someone is gonna make yeah. you, make sure that you're there. So yeah. Well, that's that's powerful, brother. That's powerful. Yeah. Just, just yeah, just that that reply text. Yeah, just changes yeah. the whole yep. the whole uh, perspective of where the, where you were actually heading to. Yeah. That's fuck. That's powerful. Yeah. And, and that's it. Just made me realize in life that um, we shouldn't take life for granted. No, right? Because it's like you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, exactly in right. three months, in six months. You know, so and and that, a lot of people take life for granted. Yeah, and. Um, story I love telling is my mum. I used to go over to see mum and yeah. we used to go, we'd, you know, we used to sit down and, and, uh, and you know, have conversations and I used to be on the phone. Mum goes, son, I haven't seen you. Talk to me. Yeah. I said, hang on, mum, two seconds. I'm sending a, a text message. And then I used to do this all the time. She just grabbed my phone one time and just put it on the, on the desk. I said, I'm going to give you some advice. And this is the advice, the most important advice I'm going to give you, son. And I rolled my eyes out. I'm, yeah, you know, like I'm, no dramas. She goes, don't roll your eyes. I'm going to smack you with a shoe. And I said, oh, man. <laughs> She's an Islander. So I, uh, she said to me, fame and money will mean nothing when I'm gone. And uh, that was the best advice my mum ever gave me because I didn't understand it at the time. No, no. But when she passed away from diabetes yep. and I understood it, I would give away everything off my own back just to have my mum sitting there and having um, a 15-minute conversation with her because yeah. that's time. That's time right. that I'll never get back. 100%. Time that 
people will never get back. So yep. that's why we shouldn't make, we shouldn't take life for granted. No, no. It's, it's so important in life. 100%. And we, me brother and I, we dealt with that when mum passed. She was like 54 from melanoma. Yeah. And it was all the same thing. And, and I was busy doing business. Yeah, yeah, I'll get down and see mum. I'll get down and see mum. I didn't make it down there and, uh, you know, go down there every now and again. But then you, it, it all of a sudden happens and life's gone and you think, why fucking didn't I make time for that? Yeah. That was the most important time, not fucking business, not arguing with this person yeah. and that person. I should yeah. have just went and seen mum. And that time, yeah, as you say, you never get back. Yeah. And sometimes there's a little bit of a regret yeah. that you live with the rest of your time. You're like, fuck, I just, if I just made that little bit more time. Yeah. Because you see photos of your mother now and yeah, I'm the yeah. same. I'm like, fuck, I'd just give anything just for a cuddle or exactly. just even hear a voice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, as you say, life is life is so short Yeah, and uh, people just think, and it's, it's sort of like people in general think life fucking go on forever. The fighters in general, yep. when they get to the UFC, they think, fuck, I've got everything except for the rest of my life. Yeah. But it's such such false pretensions yep. when, it, when it goes, no, you might only have two fights in, in a MMA fight. You yeah. might only have two weeks to live. Like who fucking knows? Yeah, exactly. That's a real, about living every day for every day yeah. and those people around you. And as we spoke last night when we were, we were together, the older you get, the less people you, you're sort of hanging around because it's sort of like the, the fake of the people, the sort of ones you sort of let loose and let go. Yeah, yeah. And you just keep the real true ones yeah. around you. That personally, that's how I've I've yeah. felt over the years. And as I said, when I come to Perth, I love to see you, yeah. Mark, Ty. Like you know, I travel around and see the the crew that I'm very good and close friends with. Yeah. But everything else, my my children, you just like mm. that's who I want to make time for. Yeah. And I remember you saying, you know, get out of the house last night, but your son, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah, your yeah. son and your daughter and, and yeah. stuff like and, that. So. And it's that that's that's as we grow older, we get smarter and um, exactly, and, and we kind of cut things out of our life that, and then we put things in, in perspective, perspective, right? Yes. And I used to have three things that was most important from top to, 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 to number three, right? It used to be uh, work. Yep. Then it used to be, and then it was family and then it was health. Yeah. And then I had, it. that was the totally the wrong way around. Isn't it? Yeah. So then I kind of thought, okay, I'm burning myself out, all these things. Then I used to, then I go, okay, I need to make health my number one. Yes. Cause if I'm not healthy, how I'm going to be there for the for for the kids, for everyone right? else, yeah. everyone else. So, so health, health was important. Um, then then family, then work. Work is always going to be there. So, hundred um, percent. And that's something that uh, you know, with, with when I help people set goals and help people, um, you know, setting kind of putting plans together because it's yeah. so important that that people need to put plans together because. You know, it's like when I'm up on mine sites, like, so what are you, what are you doing for the next kind of six months? Well, I don't know. It's going to make money and I'm just going to spend it. Okay. So what about yeah. the next year? I don't know. So they get to a stage where they're spending all this money. They get to a stage where they have no plans and it's Groundhog Day every single day. Yeah. But if they put plans together and put goals together for the next three years, I'm going to be working my ass off to buy a car, buy a house yeah. or, do, or, or things that you need to be putting in place in, yeah. um, which will help them. And, and, it's like doing a business, right? You got to exactly. put a plan together on yep. where you want the business or to else, go, or else everything's so going to fail. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And getting <laughs> so obviously uh, in between all this, you know, your fighting and and uh, sports and and growing up, acting career. Yep. Oh, the big screen. So are the like some of the obviously people that you've that you've met and you've hung around Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Um, you and McGregor. Yep. Star Wars champion, uh, Matthew Nabel, 
Yep. Um, Able, yeah. Yeah. So the, these guys, I mean, and some of the obviously some of the uh, movies you've been in. What's what's that sort of feeling like when you get the opportunity to be on the big screen and do some acting? And then obviously you see Leonardo DiCaprio, who yeah, you, yeah, who yeah. you know, and then yeah. uh, Ewan McGregor. What's what's that like? You know, like um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I think the movie thing has always been my kind of what I wanted to get into. Yeah, I thought getting on a screen, how we pretty easy. You get up on a screen, you just act. But I didn't realize that there's there's a lot of art. There's a lot of art to it. To, to acting. So, and by learning that has really made my eyes open and I wanted to do more. So obviously through the fighting in, in industry and getting into the acting and that was yep. another part of what I wanted, wanted to conquer. So, um, which has been good. I, I mean, I did a, a movie back in probably, oh, geez, I can't remember. Son of a Gun. Son of a Gun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With, uh, Matt Nabel, yep. um, Nash Edgerton, uh, Ewan McGregor, Brenton Thwaites, some really good Good actors, and yeah. by watching them and and thinking, wow, geez, the, and they do it so effortless, as if yeah. we're just talking right here. Yeah. So um, instead of trying to act, you just you just, you just like you're having a conversation. Yeah. With yeah. So, um, but and that's been good, and we, and throughout the years, I've done other films. And yep. throughout the years, I did one percent with Matt Nabel again. Yep. Um, and that was that was a hit. We got uh, we just released a film that went to cinemas. Yeah. Okay. Um, called Avarist. Yep. Um, by director uh, John Soto was directed that film. So, oh, wow. and that was uh, another good film. Um, but I think um, the learning there's still more learning in 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 that I want to yeah. kind of you know get into, but. Uh, but it's one of the, those things I I get killed in these in these um, films, <laughs> and I'm always playing action, or yeah. always playing some, um, you know, whether I'm in the army or whether I'm in like, but it's the zombie movies. I want to do a, a, a romance scene or something. I was going to say, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. will we ever see? So no I do like a notebook two. Two, yeah, yeah. Oh, I could do a Ryan Gosling. Hundred like, percent. Why not? Like, what, what's the ideal woman that you'd meet in that? Maybe Oprah. Or, uh, yeah, well, yeah, well, you never know. But, uh, you know, Julia Roberts would probably be, oh, yeah. What about what even Mar Mar Margot Robbie? Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know if years ago yeah. together, actually. You might yeah. smother her. Yeah. Uh, but still, there's always a, there's always a notebook to yeah, yeah. so polite. And it, and it sounds, the name, you know. What so, can't I do at a right oh. scene, right? Jeez. Dude, I mean, like, I've worked, at, worked my ass off. <laughs> So to uh, and all they do is just cast me for these like action and yeah, death, action, action and death, death films. But but it's been good. I've, I've oh. um, uh, you know, there's, we've got a few big things coming up with the film stuff. Have you? Yeah, okay. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, so this and year, and who are you sort of? Uh, who are you still in contact with in regards to these new sort of ventures going forward? Um, we're just, um, we've got some you know good contacts in in. Um, you know, can't really say too much at, at no. home, but with the, but it's it's this one. The next one is a big one, so yeah. and that's getting filmed early next year. I thought so, it was going to be the rich, rich life projects, yeah, exclusive. I could I could play rich and just have it <laughs> shave my head. I'll Mate, be how are you going to get white? Yeah, I'll be I'll be I'll be the uh, um, if rich was it was darker, <laughs> or it was a dark chocolate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the red the red Jaffa chocolate. Yeah, yeah. No, but it's been good. It's been good to meet to meet people along the way of my along the journey and that. Hundred so, percent. Yeah. Uh, I guess you know I was I was used to before COVID. I was over at Arnold's house three or four times. You know, in and that, that's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger's house, and and that was pretty cool. I was going to say, yeah, that that support, would have been amazing supporting his charity called After School All Stars. So that was pretty cool. Wow. Um, what, what's what's he like <laughs> as a uh, as a person? Obviously, you see a lot of things where he's weightlifting and he's yeah. all his career. That's that's happened. 
What's what's he like as a person? Um, yeah, I th- he's a good. He's just Arnold. Yeah, like, you know when he when he talks, he's Arnold. Everything he does is Arnold. So you kind of get, but he's he's more relaxed when he's at home. Yeah. So obviously. when he's in front of when he's outside, he's he's his home. He's kind of like you know, but mate, nice guy. Really? Yeah. I mean, Stone was there. Jason Statham was there. And J- Jason's a big UFC fan, so is he? Loves UFC, so I mean they all are. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Wow, that's yeah. that's some that's some big uh, big name company right yeah, there. Yeah, so man, that that's incredible. That's that's great. And uh, as I say, your acting career, it's yeah, man, it'd be great if if you if you just carried it on in any any capacity, really. Yeah, yeah. But, I don't um, care if I'm sweeping the floor, mate, in the movie at the back. Janitor or something like that, cleaning the toilet. Yeah, you can't, you can't be sweeping the floor if you're the main actor in The Notebook too. Yeah, well. The romantic so uh, well, what about, so what about if the, if the storyline was I was a janitor and then she falls in and the princess falls in, falls no, in no, love the with teacher. the janitor. The teacher falls in love with the janitor and I am yeah. cleaning the toilet and then she walks in after there was a skid mark left in the toilet and she walks in and then I we lock eyes, we fall in love and then um, – And she just said, get rid of that mop. Get 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 rid of that skid mark that's in that first. I wash it down and then I look, turn around, she goes, you had me at hello. Wow. And then I reach over and give, it, and give her a kiss. And then you, and you thought, I actually didn't even say hello. Yeah. and then But you had her. And then um, – What's his name? Walks in. Um, Denzel Washington walks in, and then he goes, um, "You all be um, King Kong ain't got shit on me." <laughs> yeah, you all be working at Pelican Bay. Okay, now, I have from the genitive part, now you fucking yeah. lost me. Now. And then I'm just like, "What the hell, Denzel? You, this is the wrong movie. You need to get the fuck out. This is a notebook." <laughs> So it just it, there was a twist. So everyone that's watching it in the cinema were going, "What the fuck's going on?" <laughs> hey, you just got me. Fucking, oh, my mind was going, "How how's it fucking it doesn't watch it Then Shaquille O'Neal walks in. Oh, the- and that's where the skitty come from. Yeah, yeah Shaquille. Oh, yeah. Fuck, so, what a movie! What but, a movie, man! I'm going to start writing that, that in, the, in the script. <laughs> well, you can watch back on this program, the Rich Life Project, to say now I've got yes. to write down what yeah. I just said. Yeah. But mate, honestly, so no one's taking this idea, right? No, hundred so. percent. Or copyright. We'll copyright yep. that. I'll tell Braden to copyright that one. So, mate, amazing life, amazing career, some ups and downs, and and you're a great human. If I was to say, so right this day, what you've been through in your heart, what what is Soa's rich life these days? What means the most in in a rich life for Soa? Saving people's lives. That's it. That's it. Simple. And that's the bottom line. So if we can all kind of uh, be kind as well, because you never know what's what you know, someone's going th- going through. So, um, so that's my main thing in life because I think it's the blessings that I that by helping somebody, it's the blessings that you give that you get back with not even wanting anything back. Correct. And that's what a lot of people try to do things that they do things to try to get something benefit back. from it. Don't even worry about it. No. Just do something that's kind, that's that's helping people, and that's saving their life. Yep. And uh, you'll get things will always come back, yep. come back yep. around. So, mate, absolute pleasure, and uh, it's just been an honour to have you on the Rich Life Projects. Yeah. And and as I say, we've known each other for a lot of years, but to get into the nitty gritty of your life and yep. um, what you've been through, mate, I just want to uh, 
say I appreciate you as a friend and I appreciate your time today on the Rich Life Projects. Thanks, Rich. And also, uh, I've got a shoe coming out soon. So we had the Solar 1 that come out. I'm going to get you a pair of shoes. Oh, And then damn. the Solar 2 is uh, – so that's a streetwear. The Solar 2s is a running shoe. Yep. So that's coming out soon. Ooh. But uh, stay tuned for that. Stay tuned. And also, I have a singing career as well That's uh, that I've got a, um, that, uh, as well. So singing wow. career. It like just keeps the door and turn the lights down Hello. low. Put some music on that soft and slow. <laughs> and baby, baby, baby. Oh. There, there we go. Can't say beautiful, anymore, mate. Beautiful. Yeah. But anyway, Love you, thanks. brother. Thank you. Thanks. No Rich. worries, thanks mate. Been a pleasure. Thank you. Awesome.